This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations like rainbows and ropes or fruity and gummy or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes... Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast, and this is part two of a special four-part series where we'll be taking a deep dive into the subject of baking with some brilliant expert guests. This episode, I chat to Olive columnist and vegan guru Richard Makin, who's here to show it is possible to make beautiful cakes and bakes without eggs or dairy, and he also shares the ingredients he relies on to make the process foolproof. Hi, Richard. Welcome back to the Olive Magazine podcast. Thanks for having me. It's slightly different now this 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 time around. But I know that the, the last time we were in, um, in Hammersmith at uh, Immediate Media, um, and I looked because I wanted to see how long ago it was, and it was actually, it was only um, June 2019 we did the podcast, but it honestly seems like about five years ago. <laughs> if, honestly, if you told me that it was five years ago, I probably would have just nodded along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got you in then because you'd done um, uh, a lovely feature for us on vegan barbecue. Um, for people who don't know Richard, he's um, also known as School Night Vegan. He dominates Instagram <laughs> with his amazing <laughs> um, accounts, brilliant videos, um, little cook-alongs your experiments, um, your sense of humor is fantastic. So I would definitely urge people to go along to Instagram and follow School Night Vegan. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, we um, we got you to do various recipes for online because we felt like we had loads of vegan gaps on our website. And then out of that came a kind of column that you started writing for us every month, which I'm really enjoying. I'm learning so much about it. And um, I'm really grateful. Thank you well, for having me. Well, well, we love, haven't you? We love your recipes because they always work. Um, and 
I know that your catchphrase, I think it's anything you can do, I can do vegan. Is that right? Basically, yeah. Anything you can cook, I can cook <laughs> I vegan. I can cook vegan, okay. <laughs> Which I love as a catchphrase. And we talk about veganizing things. And I asked you to come on today because we're doing, um, this is part of a, a little um, baking series. And I thought, what's the one thing about bacon I don't really know? And mm-hmm. that is um, vegan bacon. And I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of kind of mystery around it because obviously you can't use eggs, you can't use butter. Sure. And those are, you know, two of the main things in bacon that pop up all the time. So I thought what we do is we just have a chat about um, vegan bacon, <clears throat> different substitutes. Some of them sound a bit wacky. Some of them are things that you would just have in your store cupboard naturally, but mm-hmm. just kind of go through all of that. And hopefully for listeners, you know, they'll open up a whole new world for them as well. Um, so we'll talk later about how to do a vegan makeover on a, on a particular, you know, on a, on a regular cake on something that everyone knows about. Um, but as a recipe writer, how do you, you know, we can talk about bakes or we can talk about recipes in general. How do you approach like veganizing a recipe? So I guess, I mean, and this is, this was part of the the fun of of doing what I do from square one yeah. was uh, you know figuring out what makes a recipe work traditionally yeah. and particularly if if that recipe sort of hangs on an ingredient that wouldn't necessarily be be vegan so mm. you know eggs in a custard tart or um or even eggs in a in a cake in any sponge cake or whatever yeah. but i mean um and what I love about what I do is is trying to understand the different roles that those ingredients play yeah. and figuring out what they're bringing to the table and then finding other ingredients that can do that, but without, you know, without any eggs or without any cream or without any milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the first thing I do when trying to veganize a recipe is to, you know spot those ingredients which what do, what am I going to have to take out of this recipe yeah and you know if it's a big thing so say for instance if it's uh, like I said a custard tart and you've yeah. got a load a load of eggs in there obviously I can't just remove them because in some cases <laughs> you can remove a, a an ingredient yeah. and and you end up with a fairly decent result anyway um but for a custard tart obviously that's not going to be the case um and then I guess I try and figure out what that ingredient's bringing to the table, what it's adding. So in mm. a custard tart, you're not getting any rise from the eggs, but you're getting this sort of emulsification process with the custard and you're getting that richness from the egg yolks yeah. and, and all of that sort of stuff. And um, and then I use my crazy wizard vegan brain to try and find <laughs> find find ingredients that, that do, do the same thing. And I mean, unfortunately... It, it, as as far as I'm concerned, there's not a sort of one size fits all egg replacement, right. for yeah. instance, out there, which is why it's important to figure out what what the egg is doing in in that recipe. Yeah. Um, so you know. Uh, um, so you're looking I, to mimic like the texture and yeah. the mouth feel, and and you know, kind of, I guess, like the bounciness because a little right. bit of bounce in an egg, and you're kind of thinking, well, what else can I go out there and and put in instead yeah i mean eggs do so there's a reason why they they've been used for yeah. <laughs> literally thousands of years they do so many things they emulsify they hold on to moisture they bring you know rising agent they yeah. make things puff right up and 
Um, to find an ingredient that does all of that, that is plant-based, is, is always going to be yeah. pretty tricky. But so far, I, you know, as long as you know what it is that you want your your plant-based replacement to do, mm. there are so many options out there. So for instance, I use I use something called psyllium husks quite a lot in my yeah. recipes. And that's one of those ingredients that, you know, People have probably never, never heard of I've got before. some in my cupboard because of you. Because of me. Someone asked me if I had shares in psyllium husks the other day because I pushed them so much and I don't. So I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, we're, we're going to have like a deep dive later on into various sure. different um, ingredients. Do, do you, as a, as a recipe writer, have you found in the past couple of years, I've just seen vegan things popping up everywhere, you know, mm. Greg's, supermarket rangers. Yeah. Um, I just got some vegan gyoza delivered to try, nice. um, vegan chicken. Um, what Have you seen that kind of explosion in in things that are available for you to experiment with, you know, yeah. from, from the bottom up, as in the, the ingredients that you get? It used to be like Holland and Barrett, right? Or, or something like that, a health food shop where you'd have to go. Even worse. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, even worse. I say that like Holland and Barrett is <laughs> the, <laughs> the dregs, but actually I love they're Holland They're really great. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I've been vegetarian since I was a, a really young kid. And so I've, I have these really vivid memories of my mum, who was also vegetarian back mm. then, going through catalogues, you know, and the only really? way that you could get what you needed was to order it from this catalogue. And then it'd be like, veggie sausage dry mix that you Mm. added water to and it left this like weird fatty film on the roof of your mouth it was sort of gross but I have strangely fond memories of that I remember like pate and tubes yeah tartex oh my god god tartex that was because when I was at college we uh I lived with um a couple of guys who were experimenting with vegetarian veganism and they'd just come home with all sorts of weird stuff, but I just remember the stuff in his TVP, text of vegetable protein, yeah. which is good because if you're a skin student, it makes stuff go a long way. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, Tartex, we used to have, we called it the Holy Trinity and it was Tartex, crusty bread and cherry tomatoes. Like right. that was, that was all you needed to survive. <laughs> <laughs> it might, be, um, might come in handy in the future if we keep going. Yeah, the way definitely. We are. <laughs> Post-apocalypse. I yeah. think it lasts for a thousand years as well. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been a huge explosion. And especially since then, I've got this this perspective on it that, you know, spans, I guess, 15, 20 years. And and, but you're right, it is definitely accelerating. And even supermarkets, um, their home, you know, home brand offerings are Mm. just exploding. And it's exciting. It really is. I I, it's what we've been begging. It's what we've been begging for for so long. Yeah. And it's that. It's great once you start when you when you see it um, speeding up as well because I remember you know you you famously made this incredible vegan mozzarella and around about that time before that there'd there'd been some vegan cheese around but everyone was a bit sniffy about it and then suddenly things started popping up going this actually isn't bad this is better this is quite good this is really yeah. good and <laughs> and you know that that whole thing exploded as well so it's it's definitely on the move. It's, it just takes time and I guess yeah. in, in investment as investment, well. You know? Yeah. Someone needs to be putting money behind the development yeah. of it. Have you ever had a recipe defeat you that you wanted to veganize? Has there ever been anything where you've just gone, I can't do that? I can't oh, make yeah. it. All the, all the time. <laughs> no, I'm I uh I'm a perfectionist rather than a defeatist. So I try yeah. I try to I try to put things on the sidelines if I, was I can't. Say, yeah, you just park them for a bit and think, I'll come back to you. 
I'm sure anyone who does recipe testing for for Olive will will agree with me that there's only so many times you can yeah. take a stab at a certain recipe before you literally lose your mind. Yeah. Um, so I have to sort of spread it out over, you know, I mean, I've been working on vegan shoe pastry for literally about two years and oh I God. still haven't got it, still haven't got it right. But you know, it's not consistent. I'm not trying to do it every single day. I'm, <laughs> I, I come back to it every few weeks and give yeah. it another go. <clears throat> I'm not being overdramatic when I say, like, as a recipe writer, if you if you try something and it doesn't work, it's quite soul destroying. <laughs> and especially really if you do is. it again, you think, oh no, no, I've got it. I've got, I've got what the problem is. Try it again. It still doesn't work. And it's just mm. there's something like you know, my heart just drops when that happens. So you're I right. guess you have to. You have to. I listen to a podcast aid. Speaking of podcasts, yeah. we're on one. Um, I listened to a podcast ages ago about the psychology of learning from your mistakes and the fact that, you know, there is no such thing as a mistake. It's just a you've learned as long as you learn something and move forward with yeah. with what you did, then you know, you come out of it the other side better. And I now know not to try rice flour in a, a vegan shoe recipe. <laughs> <laughs> rice flowers that you put a, a black mark against that one in shoe that's just not going to work for shoe move, yeah, yeah but for everything else it's basically yeah makes yeah, good shortbread doesn't it i know that it does yeah <laughs> um so basically let, let's go into a little bit of a dive then about the star ingredients you use um so if we go through and explain what they are and how they work in a bake what they so let's go back to your psyllium husks is that right your egg yeah and and that's mainly an egg replacement or does that do other things it's one of those things that i've i've only ever seen written down i don't think i've ever heard anyone pronounce it but i assume i'm saying it right it I'm sounds sure about I'm, right to me. psyllium <laughs> husk I mean, I, mean. I mean it's it uh traditionally <laughs> it's actually used in a lot of traditional indian medicine as um a fiber supplement so it's really it? really really high in fiber and so a lot of people who um, who do have it in the house already rather than going out and getting it especially have been using it <laughs> for a completely different mixing purpose. It, mixing it with water and then drinking it as like yeah, yeah or even adding it to food and stuff like that and oh. it's it's crazy high in fiber but that's basically why it does what it does um it's the, it's the shells of these tiny tiny little seeds right. and um it's crazy high in fiber and sort of like when you if you've ever used a flax flaxseed egg yeah, replacement flax where you egg, yeah. you grind up flax seeds and then you mix it you can do it with chia seeds as well you mix right. it with water and then it becomes this sort of like puddingy egg whitey mm. kind of like kind it expands of, doesn't it and becomes yeah like jelly jellyish even yeah, sort of, yeah exactly yeah um psyllium husk does sort of the same thing but it's just much more powerful um so you hardly need any of it in in a recipe and you get this sort of fantastically like you were saying before the sort of bounce that you get in cakes from egg it really does replicate that really well it also emulsifies as well so you end up with a really smooth batter rather than anything that's likely to likely to split say for instance in a in a cake recipe yeah um and also what i guess it's better than flax seeds and chia seeds and all of those sorts of guys because it's got no flavor at all it's completely oh. flavorless and odorless so you can't tell it's in there and it's got no texture it doesn't it's not crunchy like right. like, like like chia seeds. seeds are as well yeah exactly so it's um for me that's my go-to egg replacement particularly 
particularly in baking, I think. It doesn't work in all things, um, but in, in baking, it, it's spot on for me. That would be, so so sp- sponges, look look for that, basically. Yeah, that's the one. And where would, would, you use fla- would we use that over flas- flax now, or is, has flax got a place in there as well? Flaxseed. Flax, a flax I would use um, in a situation where you don't mind a bit of extra texture. So right. if you don't mind a bit of extra crunch, um, yeah. if something's going to be like, I don't know, wholemeal or seeded bread anyway. Right, or seeded yeah. It's got a bit of something into it, yeah. You might as well use it. But I do find that flaxseed has a sort of bitter flavour to it. It, yeah. it, especially once you grind it, um, it, it it doesn't sort of go unnoticed as as well as, as psyllium husks do. Yeah. Cool. Um, and as far as buying, I think you can get silly musks just in health food shops, can't you, for that reason? Holland and Barrett are all favourite. <laughs> <laughs> just go in there, they'll know what you're talking about. So but quite widely available. Exactly, yeah. yeah. International supermarkets sell it all the time. Health yeah. food supermarkets um, sell it as well. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. in a lot of places. Yeah. And since we're talking about eggs and rising and stuff, um, you also mentioned apple cider vinegar. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I would save that for, um, that's, I, I would, it, you can use that for all sorts of stuff. But yeah. basically, apple cider vinegar, when you mix it with, say, a plant milk or whatever, oh. it helps to sort of split the plant milk into essentially a buttermilk. And then when you add that to your recipe, as long as you've got like a baking soda or a bake, like an, a, a, um, a rising agent in there mm. you'll get that lift that you would normally get from from eggs um, yeah. and it it really helps things to sort of to sort of spring in a in a similar way to to eggs because without it you don't necessarily have enough acid to activate the this is really nerdy baking talk this by is the way, but... what we need this is next level vegan baking this is what we're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what people will be listening for so the apple cider vinegar along with the plant milk and the the baking soda or whatever is the thing that causes the reaction that gives you the lift. That's how I use it, definitely. Um, I mean, but it also works in, say, uh, we're going to talk about this later on as well, but aquafaba, uh, if you're ever whipping aquafaba to make um, meringue yeah. or a sort of um, fatless cake or whatever, if you wipe your bowl with a little tiny bit of oh. apple cider vinegar, it gets rid of all of those extra little fat molecules. And so you get much higher, a much greater lift in the aquafaba. So it really is, it's quite versatile, but I mostly use it for making a sort of buttermilk. Mm. And you can even use plant-based buttermilk for um, making like fried chicken, vegan fried chicken, oh, or wow. as like a buttermilk coating on the outside. Coating on it's the great. outside. Do you favour one type of milk over the other? I mean, is there any that work better, do you think, Ooh, in bakes? Good question. So soy milk, I would normally uh, I would normally avoid instead of... Um, I use oat milk mostly on cereal and in coffee and in tea and stuff <clears throat> yeah. like that. But in baking, I use soy milk <clears throat> because basically soy contains uh, lecithin, which is... Uh, an emulsifier and lecithin exists naturally in egg yolks and so it helps to bind Mm. fats and liquids together which is why you know egg yolks bring um, a custard together and why and they you know hold uh, cake batters together and stuff like that so soy milk has a little bit of lecithin in there as well Mm. and that's what you that sort of helps to hold things together so I would say for baking I usually stick to soy but try and pick one with a nice high fat content um, right. rather than like a skinny soy milk or whatever, yeah. because, you know, the closer to milk in its uh, in its makeup, the better. That you can get to, yeah. 
Cool. Um, and one thing I've, I've noticed used quite a lot, um, it's coconut oil, but it's actually, you use deodorized coconut oil. Can you explain mm-hmm. what that is? Yeah, so I mean, there's two main types of coconut oil, um, both of which set solid in at room temperature. Oh yeah, if you've left them out in a, in a cool room, it go, you know, yeah, goes solid, or even, even sort of slightly above Ambient. room temperature, it stays okay, it stays so. solid, and that's kind of why we use it a lot. It 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 brings a totally different texture, much closer to butter yeah. um, than olive oil or vegetable oil yeah. or something like that, which at room temperature is liquid. But um, the two main types you get are um, just regular coconut oil mm. and deodorized coconut oil. Some people call it refined coconut oil. And it basically has no, I don't know how they do it, but they remove the flavour and the odour of coconut from it. So it becomes much more versatile in recipes. You don't have to have that extra sort of coconutty flavour involved. And I use that in all sorts. I use it in my cheese recipes because it helps the cheese to set, you know, solid Mm. at room temperature. But also um, in the chocolate I think I used it in the chocolate cheesecake recipe that I did for you guys. And that helps the cheesecake to stay firm and set at room temperature as well. So that, because the set on that was great, because I was thinking, cynical. (laughs) (laughs) I look at it and I'm like, how's that going to, and then, and then it works. And then we, we, I was on the shoot when we took the picture of it and it's, it's like perfect. I mean, it just looks like cheesecake. It's incredible. And it tastes, I think I said to you before, it tastes like, I always had this idea that tofu would kind of leave a slight taste or something, but in the chocolate one, it doesn't at all because you've got lovely kind of dark chocolate in there and a bit of sugar. The chocolate really does mask that sort of beanie, tofu-y flavour. It's more difficult with a a vanilla vanilla flavour or something simple like that, but for a chocolate one, it's it's perfect. It works so well. Since we're talking about chocolate, because this is quite interesting, because I've seen stuff labelled vegan chocolate, but essentially... Um, as a as a product, chocolate with a high, um, you know, sort of seventy percent chocolate is is vegan anyway, isn't it? It's just that it's it's not strictly vegan because it might have been prepared in a factory that has milk. So, you know, it's there won't be anything in it other than like, yeah, is that right? That's that's right. Yeah. So basically, I guess. I guess because usually chocolate makers will work in a factory that has a number of different milk lines and, being yeah, produced. Yeah. And because allergy sufferers also look for the vegan, the vegan label on chocolate or, mm. or whatever to as a, you know, it, may, yeah. it means it's safe to eat for them if they have, say, a dairy allergy or an yeah. egg allergy, whatever. They're not legally allowed to say that it's vegan if there's a chance of contamination yeah. with, with, with milks. But it, the fact is that most decent chocolate that's above even like 65 60, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it is you end up having no milk solids in there at all stick around to hear more from richard including more great ingredients to help veganize your baking and let's go back to um the aquafaba which was huge last year wasn't it everyone was Mm. doing like vegan meringues how does it work though so like if there's someone out there, I doubt there is, who doesn't know what aquafaba is, because it's just, I was reading about it all the time recently. What um, Can you explain what it is? Yeah, so I think um, it was actually discovered by a particular person who, I wish I knew, I always wish I could remember their name, but right. I, I never can. But essentially, it's the water that you cook and soak chickpeas in, mm. Um 
And the easiest way to get hold of it is to just buy a can of chinned, t- tinned chickpeas yeah. um, and drain off the chickpeas. And, you know, you're left with the, with that sort of, um, it's kind of a viscous uh, brine, but I guess there's no salt involved. You can only, it only really works if you don't use get salted salted right. chickpeas yeah. but essentially it's it's <clears throat> it's almost the text if you especially if you refrigerate it before using it it's almost exactly the texture of egg whites and i guess that's how someone thought to try and whip try it, it out, and, yeah and then when you whip it it whips almost exactly like egg whites you end up with this beautiful sort of foamy silky glossy meringue and it bakes just like meringue and holds just like right you can make um swiss meringue or italian meringue or all of that sort of stuff so you and as apart from just making a meringue with it can you use it within bacon to kind of bring lightness and stuff to bakes as well yeah so i'm currently trying to put together a recipe for a really nice fluffy omelette um and a lot of vegan omelettes use chickpea flour which can be quite heavy right yeah. and the only way i can get around it at the moment is to use aquafaba to sort of add that extra fluff that extra bounce mm. bounce to it and it's working really it's working. well you can also make sort of fatless sponges with an angel food cake and all of that sort of stuff oh, nice. so, and you've done yeah. that successfully made an angel Yes, Food and I've cake. eaten the entire thing successfully myself. That's my favourite part. <laughs> the mark of a successful experiment, I think. Um, you also mentioned um, tapioca starch. So is that like tapioca that we used to get tapioca pudding? Some yeah, thing. it's basically the same thing, except for it's gr- it's ground into sort of like a cornstarch, oh, right? Yeah. It's like a like a little like a flour rather than because it used to be come in pearls, right? Yeah, in a kind of little. Frog spawn yeah. used to call it. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> I think everybody had that in uh, in, sc- in primary school yeah. you know, dinners or whatever. That weird little mouthfeel. But it was it's that sort of, um, you know, sort of slippery kind of feel, yeah. wasn't it? But it's what they use in boba tea as well, in that sort of bubble bubble tea. Oh, um, I see. That, that's topia, tapioca pearls. But if you buy it as a, as a starch, as like a, as a flour, it essentially does exactly the same thing as, as cornstarch. So it, it thickens and it's perfect for making custards and mm. um, even custard tarts and things like that. And it's heat activated, so it, it it's just like, just like cornstarch in that sense. But cornstarch doesn't handle acidity very well so if you're making for instance a lemon meringue pie or a key lime pie or something like that and you've not got egg yolks to help thicken up that that curd ordinarily you'd be using corn flour or cornstarch to try and do that and as soon as you add all of that zest and all of that lemon juice and stuff Mm. the corn flour will lose its lose its power it won't thicken anymore yeah but tapioca starch still works despite the acidity of the mixture that you put it in. So you end up with this beautiful, smooth, silky, either a curd or a custard or whatever. So would, would your curd, say you were just making lemon curd, would your lemon curd be made up of tapioca starch, tapioca starch, lemon zest and lemon juice? Or would it have other, th- would, and sugar, would that be it? it? Yeah, and sugar. And then at the end, I guess I would whisk in a nice big lump of vegan butter if yeah. you can if you can handle it. But yeah, it's it's essentially... It's essentially the same thing as just putting the egg yolks the in. Egg it yolk works, in works in a very similar way. Yeah. Let, let's talk about vegan butter because I'm very interested in it. Um, I, um, I've done some experiments, not not because I was trying to be vegan. I was doing a, um, I was writing a feature 
for olive about um, olive oil. And I was reading about olive oil pastry, which I really loved the sound of because you get this amazing, like, oh, it's, it's really delicate and super crumbly, like melt in the mouth. But it's anemic as anything. <laughs> you get no colour on it. You can't get colour on it. It tastes beautiful. But when you look at it, you're like, oh, it doesn't look that cooked. Um so, so I was thinking like, you know, the one thing that butter does bring is that kind of browning. I mean, can yeah. you get that with vegan butter or? You definitely can. So um, the reason that happens, the reason that butter browns is because of the the solids in mm. butter. So the proteins that, that are in like there. The milk and solids, as, yeah. Exactly. And as you heat it past a certain temperature, everything splits like when you melt, yeah. you know, when you melt butter and you see the liquids come apart and the fats come apart. And then um, something happens called the Maillard reaction, which yeah. you may have heard of before, which is where the sort of the proteins caramelize and you get those beautiful sort of toasty, burny yeah, flavors in the in the butter. Yeah. Um, but because olive oil doesn't have any of those proteins, solids, it doesn't yeah. have any of those solids in there. You you don't get any of those little little speckles, little flecks. Yeah. Um, but there are ways around it. So certain vegan butters out there are made with shea butter and shea butter has a lot more protein in than other than you know other um, fats that are out there other plant-based fats and so when you melt those they do tend to brown am i allowed to name brands yeah yeah you can name brands it's useful for people yeah so there's a swedish swedish or danish i think it might be swedish a swedish brand called naturally n-a-t-u-r-l-i i've heard of them yeah and they do vegan meat replacements, but also they do dairy, vegan dairy products as well. Mm. Um, and they have a butter out there that comes in a block. So it looks exactly like like a, like a regular block of butter, mm. like a 225 gram block of butter. Yeah. And, the, and it behaves almost exactly like regular butter. It browns and you get that sort of gorgeous, toasty, toasty oh. flavour with and it. And what's that made from? Maybe? It's made from, it's completely organic as well. That's why I love that one. It's There's no dodgy... GMO ingredients in there but I think I'd have to look at the at the ingredients but it lists them all on the front I think it's coconut oil shea butter um and some other things I just quite a natural it's not like some Frankenstein mix of weirdness it's actually not just not it's natural thing because shea exactly. butter correct me if I'm wrong but isn't shea butter the stuff that you get in like skin moisturizer that's what i've yeah. heard of it, isn't it exactly yeah and you also get coconut oil in yeah, a lot of those, yeah and you so. get I, I guess you get cocoa butter in skin cream as that's well right. don't you because it's a natural sort of lubricant or whatever yeah Amazing. but it tastes it tastes brilliant it tastes gorgeous and it it's great for say if you're making cookies if you brown the butter beforehand and yeah. then add it you get that Lovely. gorgeous before the the dough the cookie batter cookie dough just tastes like hazelnuts it's amazing it's really delicious but also i mean if you're using so i tend to use oil rather than vegan butters in um cake recipes right and i just find that you get a really beautiful smooth even crumb with with oil and i just use like either rapeseed oil or a, a standard vegetable oil um, but if you add a little bit of extra soy milk to your batter, yeah. you'll be introducing just a few, just enough solids for it to brown um, oh, slightly. So you'll yeah. end up with a gorgeous golden brown cake, but you'll also have that really nice, um, soft, even even texture. Yeah, because obviously if you've got, you know, if it's a chocolate cake or like I made a chocolate um, cake the other day, which was 
it was an oil base, like a classic kind of American. You know, they use a lot of oil-based cakes, don't they? So it's not like a, a new thing. It's quite a classic way of baking. It's why it's why that carrot cake recipe worked so well that I did for you guys, because carrot cakes are traditionally made with oil, right? There's no butter usually yeah. in, in there anyway. And I think as a cake, carrot cake doesn't really rely on either the the, the butter. Obviously, there's no butter in there, but also the majority of the moisture in the cake comes from the carrots rather than yes. the eggs anyway. Yeah. So it was really easy to just, you know, the, 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 the thing you're getting with carrot cake is that moisture and all of those spices yeah. and all of that brown sugar. And it's dead easy to replicate Does yours have that. nuts in as well? I'm just going to have a quick look. I can't, I can't remember if I put nuts in it because actually I I am a I am a nut-free carrot cake. Um, Are you a... Yeah, I, w- I would rather do it without. Oh no, you've nuts, got nuts. You've got nuts on top. I'm looking. There's nuts on I, top. Are there, are there I, nuts in it? I think. There I might think be. I. I think I did it to please the masses because I, <laughs> I thought I would get chased out of town if I didn't. didn't so if we if we were looking at this because I'm I'm looking at the cake now. It's um, it's classic vegan carrot cake on olivemagazine.com. So you use vegetable oil and, and butter. You do a couple of things that we've just described where you use soy milk, the apple cider vinegar and the psyllium husks, which are obviously going to give it all of that structure. Um, and then you you have got walnuts and carrots in there, which are obviously bringing texture and, and the moisture in there as well. Um, and then you, you use um, vegan butter and vegan cream. What's vegan cream cheese like? How does, how does that, because um, so for your frosting... There are, there are. I think I put a note on that recipe as well to just be wary of certain vegan cream cheeses. They can it's be important. quite cheesy. Exactly, oh, it's important creamy. to try them before you use them in a in a sweet, sweet. recipe because yeah. some of them can be um, quite savoury mm. and some of them can be closer to that sort of smooth, tangy, creamy traditional cream cheese. Yeah. So I I like to use Via Life whenever I'm making like a cream cheese. That's frosting. a good one, Via Life. Yeah. Um, and lastly, just because we were talking about butter and um, and in baking, obviously, um, you know, pastry, a lot of the times we buy pastry just off shelf because we're lazy. When I'm saying mm-hmm. we, I mean me. Um, I mean, I, I literally, <laughs> literally just done that now. I was trying yeah. to recreate the, the um, Greg's steak bake you... just this morning. <laughs> so I used uh, shop-bought puff pastry. <laughs> <laughs> because it's... It's vegan, right? A lot of it Pretty is vegan. Pretty much always, yeah. Unless you get a swanky one. Like a um, French, like an, French all butter. butter one. Yeah. yeah, and I think M&S's own brand is made with butter because obviously M&S is dead posh. Yeah, the dead but if posh. You're, <laughs> if, you're, um, if, you're getting, if you're shopping in, I don't know, Tesco or somewhere, their own brand tends to have... Um, just be made with vegetable oils rather than yeah. rather than butter. So we've all been consuming vegan products without realising it for, for a long time. Most, most of our lives. Because I remember when we chatted about it in the past, you put me onto this thing called baking block, which is mm. used in, and I guess that's what they use in the in the um, the vegan puff pastry, don't they? Yes, it needs, I'm so, sure it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like in a, in a block called baking block. But um, is is completely vegan, and they sell it in supermarkets as well. So yeah, it's I guess it's the same as like stalk if you're trying to yeah, liken I... it to a, to a particular brand of stuff, which yeah. is essentially what you know. My mum used to bake all of our cakes out of when did. I was a kid. I, yeah. I remember I've actually seen on um, 
I'm sure it was, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, I'm sure it was Mary Berry insisting that margarine gives you a lighter result to your cake than butter and like wow. insisting on it. Because when I was growing up, my grandma would use stalk, you know, and it, it was kind of like margarine was the new thing that everyone was using. And, and they did this whole campaign about how it was, um, you know, how it would make your sponge lighter because it was easier to incorporate and everything. And, um, and yeah, they, you know, they, everyone bought it and everyone used it. So we were kind of unwittingly half vegan. <laughs> Don't think you can be half vegan, can you? I just made that up. But yeah. But, no. but I mean, I, I swear by it and it lasts for ages as well. And like yeah. butter. So you can, I just stock up and keep it, keep it in the fridge. The only thing with, with baking block is that it doesn't brown. Right. Um, but in some recipes, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so I used vegan baking block recently in... Um, some croissant recipes oh. that I was trying to trying to put together, and it worked better than the the vegan butters that browned because right. you got this. You had much longer to bake the croissants and get them all really get light all really and puffed up crispy. before it got that brown yeah. um, sheen thing, on the top. There's a thing, isn't there, with croissants? Um, if they're curled, they're not. They don't have butter, and if they're straight, they're the all butter ones. I have heard this as well, yeah. yeah and there, and there is a traditional French name for ones that are made without butter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we. I didn't invent that. Yeah, yeah. I can't take any credit. French. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, honestly, so much information there, Richard. And I think people who are embarking on, you know, maybe some vegan bacon are going to get a lot of takeaways from that. But um, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Um, no problem. And again, if people want to follow you, you're at School Night Vegan on Instagram. Um, That's right. So yeah, go catch them up there. Thanks a lot, Richard. Thanks very much for having me. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you want to explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, you'll find us on all the main platforms and on our website, olivemagazine.com, where you'll also find loads of useful recipes and some great cooking advice. Why not try a subscription to Olive Magazine and get the very best recipes delivered to help inspire your cooking? To take advantage of our current offer of three issues for only £5, go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash allpod720. That's O-L-P-O-D 720. Terms and conditions apply. 